This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. You are watching and listening to Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! You're watching Lester Till I Die TV. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favorite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. Right, Chris. Sorry, good evening. Um, yeah, just... Just checking my watch is still working. <laughs> Seven minutes? Seven minutes of injury time? Hell, that's worse than Fergie time. Good evening. Lester Till I Die TV. How the devil are you? We are live. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. This is where you can find us.
Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favorite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. How the devil are we? Good evening. All right there? All right at the back? Oh, I'll tell you what. Well, you know what? This is going to be interesting because we've already got a difference of opinion between myself and Brad. Totally agree with what Brad's saying. But for me, we look it or what? I mean, Brentford were all over us. But look, what a difference a week makes in politics, they say. In football, it makes even more of a difference. Man United... Spartak, Moscow, Brentford, three wins out of three. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for anything better than that, could you, Brad? No, you really couldn't, Chris. And uh, it was very pleasing to get that win. That's probably, and because uh, we're a Leicester show, I don't want to touch on it too much because we're going to talk about a lot of things, all things Leicester, really. But I just wanted to say, well done, Brentford. Because yeah. they're going to be one of the hardest teams to beat away from home this season. They really are. Um, they must be looking at their results, wondering how in the last couple of weeks they've not got something out of Chelsea and Leicester, respectively. Um, but it's just great to keep the good times rolling. And they you know, they don't get no respite. They've got to take that into the midweek. But for now, we'll just enjoy a very hard-earned three points. It was, and I mean, it's one of the few things that I've probably got right this season in my predictions, that Brentford were the the best of the three that have come up, and so they're proving. I mean, I must admit, I think we were lucky. I really, really do. But you make the very valid point, as Chelsea must have felt they were lucky uh, in, in Brentford's last game, and Brentford must be counting themselves unlucky. It was a hard game, and... Maybe I was expecting too much after the last two games. You know, they were honest. We weren't allowed to play. They were what I would call a typical championship club coming up for that first season. Yeah, they were. And again, it's credit to them. I mean, I, I know you spoke highly of them before the season started. You, you tipped them to be very, very safe and secure, shall we say, for, yeah. for the season in terms of where they'll finish. Uh, and and I, I have held my hands up and said I've caught the Brentford bug, if you will. Don't don't worry, I know there's COVID. I don't mean it as in I'm ill, I'm just saying turn on. <laughs> but um I've been watching a few of their games. I've I've listened to the Chelsea game because uh, my stream went down to watch it. I watched the Liverpool game. I watched the you know Arsenal game. And I think this was one of the most predictable games in terms of how it would be played and how a lot of people would expected it. 45 to 65 minutes of constant Brent, Brentford pressure, which Leicester and any team that's going to, like I said, I'm generally saying, any team that's going to get a result from Brentford at Brentford this season, they're going to have to be resolute, they're going to have to hold firm, they're going to have to soak up a lot of pressure because, and in the end, that's what Leicester did. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, you could have said they had nine chances to our two when gone one in a half time. I know I'm not fond of it, but to tell a game that doesn't tell how it was really played, Leicester ended up with more shots on target, I think, in the end, something like that. So We will be coming on to the stats later, don't worry. Facebook user says there, we're on Crime Watch later, and uh, I just want to um, bring some breaking news in here. <laughs> <laughs> I do.
Oh dear, 18 minutes played, Manchester United nil, Liverpool two. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Who scored you know second? Let me guess, Salah. Let me guess. I have no idea. I haven't got that up. But I'll be honest with you, uh, on all my predictions, I've gone for a Liverpool win. But the other night, I did the prediction on Rich, uh, Rich um, Sports, which is the Man United channel, as you well know. And I actually, yes. after the way that they came back midweek, I actually slipped slightly. I said, oh, it might be a draw. <laughs> but, you know, then oh. I, I, I didn't take in, into consideration the Ollie factor. <laughs> the well, but... if you want some embarrassing news, mate, I got halfway through predicting the uh, scores on our long ball app, got distracted by something, so I chewed it away and thought, I'll do it later, and it? It saved half of my predictions, but there's half the games I've missed. So I, I've done a 7-0 Norwich uh, this week. I've guaranteed myself very, very little chance of getting any points this week. So well, uh, on that fairness, one, I'm not mention that. You have got six and a half points this week. Oh, I must. Uh, you know what? I'm going to start doing it then. I'm going to start doing half points. I'm yeah, going to start doing you. half the points. I only got seven points and I did everything, you know, but I did. I had a bad Saturday. I had a bad Saturday and I didn't, yeah. uh, I certainly didn't predict the, um, the, the, the West Ham results earlier on, but. Uh, no, I, just, think, I think I'm safe at the top of our prediction show though, aren't I? I think you we are, all you have are. I have, I have fallen down quicker than the bride's knickers on a wedding night on that one, I'll tell you. Fallen down quicker than Salah off a blade of grass. Uh-huh. Um, Rob McFarlane, hi guys. Brentford are a dangerous team that will be okay this year. Yes, they will. Um, totally. Uh, next season will be the do they get the Leeds United, Sheffield United book? Um, Terry and his dog, and I don't, I don't mean his. I always, I always say that. I always think people think I'm referring to his missus. He has got a dog who doesn't like Brad's cuckoo clock. Um, so we are just one point off the European place. Plus, I've predicted the result with my banker as well. So happy days all round. As indeed did I. As indeed did At I. At least you remembered, Terry. Well done, <laughs> yeah. Michael. David. Good evening. City was poor in the first half. I can say it wasn't our best game, but then I think you've got to give unlike unlike Leicester, who didn't get credit last week when we beat Man United, the fact that we were good and we didn't let them play. Um, I'm gonna say Brentford didn't let us play as well as we could have done, and all credit to Brentford. And I was actually on um Talk Sport this morning. I think it was on video. So if you're watching uh, Max and Glenn's show this morning. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have been live on there, which was not a sight to be seen first thing in the morning. But I actually did make the comment there that the uh, the mainstream media do not like to give credit to Leicester, and that it was all about Man United uh, losing, not us winning. I just got that in for the team. Got that in for the team there. Um, Brookline from America. Good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Uh, your man Vestergaard looked good. One of his better, one of his better uh, cameos, I think that was. In fairness, see the smug look there, line after your uh, Craig comment saying he was your favourite. <laughs> Love you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Caught you out there with my YouTube name. Uh, Minor, good evening. How the devil are you? Oh, it's Jeff. Okay, Jeff. Jeff, you, what are you doing? Um, hi, Chris and Brad. A win. 
Uh, whilst not near top form is a great result, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, Ready B, what a goal by Tillemans. As I put in Facebook when he scored it, don't care what he wants, just go oh. and give it to him. Give it to him and double it and and pay him. It was up there with the FA goal, I'll tell you. Um Question here from Baron. Uh, how was the performance by Patson, Dakar and Vardy? We'll be coming on to that later, Baron, um, when we when we look at the team. But let's just take this, Brad. And when you saw the team, when it was first announced, I was uh, I was very happy with it. Brent, you know, Brendan seems to be getting the message that if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly what I reckon. 95% of Leicester fans were predicting that there may have been people calling for Daka to start for obvious reasons of what he did in yeah. midweek. There was yeah. even, and I can't believe I'm saying this, even the pundits were able to notice that if you're going to play a two up front, you you, you can't really have two Vardis on the pitch because no. although obviously they're similar in what they do to a degree, they're very close in what they do at the same time. They play on that, the shoulder of the last man. They they hold the ball up. They make them breaking runs in behind the defence to get goals or set them up, like we've seen in the last yeah. three games from him. And and that, that's, that, that was an 11 that I think, minus maybe some people saying, I wouldn't mind seeing Dakar in that 11. I think he deserves it, which would, I wouldn't have argued with if Dakar had been in the starting 11, by the way. No. It was pretty much what everybody was either expecting or wanting to see. It's a strong lineup, mate. It's imagine what a consistent team can do, isn't it? It's imagine yeah. what a starting eleven each week can do. Oh, it is, and I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think we all accepted that. I know Daka had scored four goals. Of course, you know, amazing, amazing performance. But we all knew Jamie Vardy was going to start the game. Um, because well, Brendan has said so virtually straight afterwards. And, and and in fairness, you know we've got the squad, and there's no point having the squad if you're not gonna gonna use it. Um, exactly. Got to that, said, squad, that said, I don't know if anybody's seen an update on on Vardy's injury, but apparently his leg was strapped uh, when he came off. Yeah, I I heard that, and I think he may have just overstretched something. Um, I don't particularly think it's too bad of a of a thing. He was sat on the bench. He he didn't obviously need to go for a scan or anything immediately. No. Um so we keep that in, in cross. Obviously what is positive again just shows how how quickly things can turn around in football is I don't think for the first time in a long time there's too much worry if Jamie Vardy's not available for midweek. No. no. And I think the thing we've got to, to take into account as well now is, you know, when you look at the bench that was up a second ago, and it's a really, really, really strong bench, you know, and we've been screaming out for having a decent squad. And I think now we've got that squad. And, you know, normally if Vardy had gone off, you'd be, oh, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> we'll just bring on the guy that got four goals in yeah. the Open Cup midweek. Hey, you know, it's yeah. not bad. And I don't obviously wish Jamie Vardy sort of, you know, any longer an injury than it than it will be. But, you know, if you know what I mean, it's like yeah. we, we've got the cover there now. Going on to the match, um, three minutes in, possible penalty. Um the funny thing was that um, I think it was Tony, on Tony, but the, the Brentford player wasn't 
even asking for it. And having said that, I think you know um, Schmeichel had a punch that Tyson Fury would have been <laughs> would have been pleased with. No, I don't, I don't. I don't think it was a penalty. It's not often we say this, and I know there's people out there that will always find ways to criticise refs. But I actually think the officials had a good game. They allowed yeah. things to flow. They didn't waste six and a half minutes checking things. They they got on with it. Um, I just think it was a very good performance. Uh, you know, from the officials, and mm. no, it wasn't a penalty. It was just it was it was. One of them, that I think a few weeks ago, we'd be sat here going, and of course, less conceded from it or, you know, something like that. And it just shows, again, it, it reiterates what happens to a team when they have a steady unit. I, I, I think if that was another week or another game where Brendan had got to yet again put a different back three together, and I know we'll get on to him mm. later on in the game, but having a solid and Marty next to Yusayunchu and Evans was critical for this game because they've got an understanding, they've built a development. Um, and I know I know Evans and Amarty and Soyuncu have been there for a while. It's, it shouldn't be that difficult. But as we've seen already this season with the chopping change of Vestergaard and Marty mm -hmm. to it, about three at the back, you know, these three games to be able to play, play such a positive in having a settled back three. I think play dividends coming up against the challenge that Leicester are up against in Brentford today. Yeah. Six minutes in, for once, we've got to say thank you, VAR. Yeah, yeah, we we we, we do, but he was offside. I mean, the, the one thing that really confused me is everybody's like, oh, well, he's only a sleeve offside. Yeah, but the guy next, the guy who's obstructing and interfering with play was half foot offside. His, his foot was closer to Schmeichel than it was the blue and red lines. I don't know why their lines were so close, but the guy in the middle next to Tony was, was clearly offside. And um, then the guy that crossed the ball in was offside as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was talking about that yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and that credit to the defence, that was clearly something Leicester knew and, and Brendan knew they would come up against today. And, and, and for the majority of it, they did a really good job of, of, of catching Brentford out. I think they were offside about... They were probably offside more times than they had shots in the end, yes. Brentford, yes. for our defensive line. Um, good evening, Static. Um, we've gone above you as an Arsenal fan, gone above you... Um... <laughs> Ready for next week? Are you getting worried yet? Because I tell you what, we are. We'll come on to Arsenal, obviously, in a separate show. But uh, I'd have sooner played you at the start of the season. Um, Rob says here, when is Fafana going to be fit? I think as soon as Man United want to buy him, if the rumours are true. But I think it's going to be January. Um, Baron here, Dak should be starting the games. Any thought about that? Yeah, Baron, I'm guessing you're... Uh, you're uh, from however Zimbabwe uh, fan club over there. Um, yeah, Dakar got four, but we've got three strikers. They're going to be rotated. Dakar, I think, will start against Brighton midweek. But we have got the squad, and it's always going to be Vardy that's going to be first choice um, until he has a bad game, maybe, or until he's injured. But we will see all three of these strikers playing. Um, and I think the only person that's probably going to see a lot more of is in Atro, because if he does stick with his two up front, as you alluded to earlier, Brad, it's got to be Dakar or Vardy within Atro, although tonight, today, wasn't his best game. 
No, true, but I, I think that's the way forward, not just for this season. I, I, I think not, not just coming weeks either, but coming seasons, you need to be getting Daka and Nacho on that pitch. Um, I think you need to be making sure if you're taking one off, unless they're having a horrible performance, like Barney's got a hat-trick or something, and even yeah. then you you could take him off because he's got a hat-trick in that case. Um you're probably going to see the majority of the time that if one of them's on the bench, it's going to be Vardy that comes off for the likewise. Because Leicester, that's one thing that we, we, we're very confident with Leicester is going forward. We know where we're going before we're even there. And in, in the sense that maybe now it's coming to fruition that we're going to see, I think all three frontmen will get enough game time, either with the help of competitions and playing a lot of games, or just the general consensus of, of, of how we're going to go about our business up front, that, that, that Daka and Ineacho and Vardy are going to get enough time that satisfies them for what they're expecting to play here at mm. the club, especially in this yeah. season. Yes. Um, against the underplay, who cares? What a goal. Like I said at the start, let's just give Madis, uh, let's just sorry, give Tillemans whatever he needs. Um, I, I think I'm resigning, coming around to the fact that we are going to lose him, almost certainly. And I had this conversation again on Talk Sport this morning with um, with uh, uh, the, the guys on that. We, we, you know, I've said many times, we're not a selling club, we don't have to sell. But there's always somebody bigger out there. You know, Madrid to Man United, Man United to us. But... We're going to get a fortune for him if we sell him, but just go and break the bank, please, Top. <laughs> yeah, look, here's something that um, I think Leicester fans should look as a perspective of whole. We don't know what's going to happen. He could sign. I think your Tillemans is just as likely to sign on a deal as he is to leave in the summer. I genuinely think that because you saw with his celebration, I think if a player's got one eye on a move, even this early into it, into the season, I, I think what Leicester fans need to do now is just enjoy it. Enjoy every moment. Even if even if in three weeks' time he comes out that he's agreed a new three-year, four-year, five-year, two-year deal, whatever it is, he agrees a deal. Um, or, no guarantee he'll stay, of course. Yeah. No, of course, there's no doubt to say, but obviously then, it again already adds more value to him to get him yeah. out of his contract yeah. alone. So yeah. Leicester assure themselves and they give themselves a couple more years to replace him. You know, if Leicester hit their objectives, and we don't know exactly what the club's objectives are, we've got an idea that they're going to want European football and to continue mm. bringing silverware in. But if Leicester were to do their high end objective, which you would assume is breaking to the Champions League, even if it's a two year extension, it's not going to cost someone an arm or leg to break him out of that, but he then gets a crack at the Champions League if should Leicester make top four, if you know what I mean. Both Do you think he's waiting to see where we finish this season? Because he's got he's this season and where... next season on his contract, hasn't he? Yes, yes, he does. And that does play into Leicester's hands. I mean, obviously, we'll, it's an event we can't even, we can only hypothesise about in the summer if he's not signed a new deal. That Leicester, obviously, you know, we could talk about will Leicester want to keep hold of him? You don't want to lose a, a value on a player like that. But I just think, regardless of what happens, until something is concrete that says he's going or he's signing a new deal, 
enjoy him because sometimes with footballers, not just Leicester as a club, but the clubs all around, they forget to enjoy these players because they don't come around that often to your club, right? Mm. And 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 yes, Leicester have a knack of replacing them. You know, Kante with um, you know, with indeed he's been replaced his replacement, Samore and Matt, you know, already looks great mm. to for for Yuri, but you've got to enjoy him in the here and now. Because I, I never want a player of your quality and how humble he is as a person. I don't want him leaving in the summer, first of all. But I don't want him leaving in the summer with Leicester fans going, oh, well, you went for the money, you went for no. Enjoy him. Let him do what he wants to do. And if he signs a new deal, fantastic. And if we get a great one in the European... I know we got the three oh, points today. I'm going to still have a moan. Um <sighs> And I, I did post this in, in on Facebook. For God's sake, Brendan, will you stop this farting about, playing across the back? We had a goal kick. Schmeichel was going to kick it right upfield. And he changed his mind and kicked it across, I think probably to um, Soyuncu on the left, in the defensive position, and it went out for a throw-in. For oh. fuck's sake, kick the ball up. This playing out from the back, especially against the Brentford. <laughs> the way they were playing, you know, look, you say, Brent, Brendan says that he looks at each game and he picks his team depending on who we're playing. Well, OK, sort your tactics out then, mate, because when we're playing Brentford, don't fart about with it at the back because they're going to close us down. They've got to every first and most second balls today. And, you know, yes, if we're playing some, you know, somebody who's not playing such a high line against us, then we can get away with it. But we went from having a goal kick to conceding a corner. Uh, sorry, conceding a throw-in within our defensive zone. It's stupid, ridiculous. Cut it out, Brendan. The problem is, mate, he's not going to cut it out because he's been doing it since the day he's here. And it also seems to be a trend of every single team around England at the moment. Not just in, not just Leicester, not just in the Premier League, but all around. And the thing is, I'm, I'm going to come out and say something here that might, you know, rattle a few people, but I actually didn't mind it today. Yes, we do give the ball away. Yes, it goes out for a throw-in, but you look at our goal. Now, yes, the people will say, well, we kicked it long and look what happened, Brad. The thing is, right, we hit Brentford quick. And I think that the idea is if, if we can get the ball, because it's yes, it worked. Great. A long yeah. ball up the field worked, right? But what happens if that ball goes in the air, and it loops down, and it takes like forever to come out of the air, then Brentford get a chance to get men behind the ball. I think the reason we didn't see... But the long ball today. out from the back, that still gives them time to get men behind the ball because it's still no, in you, our half. And if no, we but you, look, ball, you, you literally just contradict yourself because you literally said they press at us. So what yeah. happens? And we'll come to it. Well, in there's the eleven game. players on the team. You're not getting eleven players pressing us, are you? You're getting the, the no, front but, half of the team pressing us. But well, again, we'll, if you I'll get the ball on. up. You've just said then, right? If you keep the ball right up the other end of the field and it comes down, they've got players behind the ball, they may win it. But they've won it in their half, which then gives our players time to get back. They're not winning a throw-in on our on our box yard, you know, 10-yard box, whatever yeah. your box well, is. Well, no, I'll, yeah. I'll do a more, more defence of it in, in, in the tactical 
section that I have on the show. But honestly, yes, it was frustrating. Yes, they need to knock out the silly passes and they need to do it when it's appropriate. But I think the intent was get the ball, drag them out, get them closing us down, squeeze that pass through the middle and we'll hit them on the counter, which we did more in the second half. You have to admit, in the second half, we did it a lot better and we mm. probably attacked a, a more fatigued Brentford side because they did go hammer and tongue for that complete 45 minutes, which is maybe a bit of naivety that Brentford, uh, Brentford themselves need to roll out because it did come a cropper to them in the end. That's probably why they conceded the second goal because they didn't have the... You know, they didn't have the fatigue. They, they were fatigued. They didn't have the stamina to chase and get back. And that's what allowed Madison and, and Dakar to tear through a frail line because they went quick about it. The more direct approach probably showed what the shorter passing was supposed to do. It wasn't supposed to be a to Evans, to Sionchu out for a throwing because Sionchu can't organise his beat. I think it's more interpreted to be a here's a ball. Yep, that's it. That's work. That's dragged them out. Here you go, Samore. Here you go, Tillman's Madison. Get gone with it because we'll do them that way. But I see both sides of the argument, mate. I just try and cause a bit of balance. No, 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 no. I, I, I you know, it is only my opinion. And, yeah, you know, we, 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 di we disagree on a lot of things, as many, many football fans do. Um, yes. But it is all about opinions. And, you know, I totally respect yours. And I want you to oppose me a lot of the time because that's how these shows work. Um, Soyuncu, again, not, you know, a little bit worried about him. He, he didn't have a, his best of games. Where Amarty, my God, you know, he's, he's going to be hard to get him out of that position. He's, he's playing so well. Yeah, it was. and I, I feel a bit sorry for Soyuncu because considering, you know, up until that corner, it was 1-0 to Leicester. He was the only one getting any slack. And I, I know, like you said, and quite rightly, a few of his passes went out for throws in dangerous areas and he didn't quite all clear the way he wanted it to. And maybe the media are pressing hard on him because he is the one of the strongest starting 11 players, aside from Vestergaard, um, that, that gets a lot of stick. He, he was more in the eye for his errors and he, he you know... And, and the more he keeps mislaying the pass and it keeps going out for a throw, the more it's easier to pick on him. I actually don't think he had a bad game. It certainly wasn't his best game, not by any stretch of the imagination, but considering he's played in a defence where they've conceded three, two, two per game pretty much, apart from the only clean sheet we've had in the season, which was Wolves, that was yeah. probably the strongest defensive part that performance the team have put in because they restricted Brentford to just the one clear goal. Um, I don't think he actually had that bad of a game. I just think out of the three, he was probably the lower rated ones. Mm. I, I think he was. I just don't think he had as bad a game as, as people are trying to make out. Again, I think that's the press on the fact that he's not had the greatest start to the season. Um, that's how... I think that as well, we increase our, you know, we expect our standards are so high now that, you know, yeah. when these players are having good games, like Madison, you know, but yeah. uh, he, I mean, Madison is back for me, almost uh, the old Madison that we had. Wasn't allowed to do much today because that's the way that Brentford played. But my God, you know, he, he was targeted for the fouls, wasn't he? 
he certainly was. Uh, again, um, it was like Madison, and it, it was Madison at his best because, you know, when Madison's been off form and it's not been going right to, for him, um, you've seen him slump his shoulders. You've seen him throwing his arms in the air. You've seen him trudge back because he's, if he, he's still thinking in his head he should be having a free kick or he shouldn't have made that pass or whatever reason. And, and, and in that five to ten seconds, you know, that's, that's a player out of position. Now we've seen him getting the confidence. I think it was right. And I think, you know, credit again to Brendan Rodgers' man management for all the confusion we get sometimes with his lineups, and sometimes we disagree with what he's doing with with who he's picking every week. He took him out of the limelight. He took the pressure off him. He's gave set pieces to other players and and whatnot, and taken his rock, cut, trimmed his workload down a bit, and he looked yes. good. Because, like you said, Chris, even though he couldn't do a lot in that first half, what he was doing was getting himself in between them Brentford midfielders and defenders yeah. and winning on fouls. He was doing what was required of him in the role he does. So it's credit both goes to Brendan and Madison for the way Madison's been in the last few games. Totally. Can I just say on a side note, I say it's obviously now 3-0 to Liverpool. My prediction was 3-1. So in some ways I want Liverpool to stop. But if you can get another another. Uh, what, what we're looking at here, um, Liverpool, do us a favour now. If you can get another uh, three goals, we will we will go above Man United. So just just carry on. But um, yeah, get inside. Did we all go for Liverpool win in the predictions? Do you remember? I don't I went, know. Um, I can I can certainly have a look. I, I've got a show coming up soon with uh, with our, our man Dan Dan Dan. Oh, the oh your man. son. Your son, doing, my son. Yes, we're going. Yeah. We're doing an early sack race predictions, and I think Ollie, ah, you know, Ollie, you're going to have to be watching out. You know, ask ask the Spurs fans that thought Jose was such a bad manager because I've seen a few Nuno out. So mm. you know, well, I'll throw him down as my favourite to get the sack. Nuno was choice number thirteen, I do believe, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm lucky for Spurs. I need to get choice number fourteen in by the sounds of things. <laughs> oh, he could be up there, right? Let's have a look. What did you? I, and I'm I'm not really enjoying looking at this because um, you're doing so well in it. Uh, <laughs> you and me went for a Liverpool win, so that's not so bad. Oh, well, that's up back then. Anyway. That's up back then. Um, <laughs> That said, you went for a West Ham Tottenham draw, and I went for a Tottenham win. I should learn, shouldn't I? I should. Yeah, learn. I should have a bit more faith in West Ham against them. But I just remembered the three-all game, and I thought, if anything yeah. can happen, I was more happy to see West Ham win. To be fair. That said, the the biggest game of the weekend, although you you wouldn't believe it, Leicester Brentford. Uh, Brentford equalised. Um, they, they deserved it. You've got to say. Yeah, I th- I I think it was. It was very much a game where, you know, Leicester probably scored their goal, their first goal in, in a half. They they didn't warrant it. Uh, and ironically, you know, Brentford were probably just starting to show they were running out of steam and Leicester seemed to be dealing with Brentford a lot more comfortably. I think they were afforded a lot more time on the, on, on the ball. Leicester were, they were creative a bit more and, and then up popped a corner and Leicester fans know as well as anybody that the Leicester's probably biggest kryptonite is set pieces that they're defending them. And yeah. yet again, it came a cropper for us. 
Um, but yeah, Brent, Brentford did deserve to get a goal from from the afternoon's play, and they deserve to be yeah. level. Not for long, mind, but they were level. No, they were level. You then got, I think it was about 12 minutes, Perez due to come on, and well done, Madison. You delayed that for us by scoring. Um, we'll come on to that substitution in a minute. But we got that. I mean, the good thing for me is the wins, apart from the Man United game, the wins that we've got, which were sort of Brentford, Norwich, uh, not Norwich, was it? Was it Norwich? Yeah, we beat Norwich. Norwich. Yeah, yeah, beat Norwich and, and Wolves, we didn't play that well. And I think it's the sign of a team which maybe is going to have something happen for the season when you're not playing well and those are the games you're winning. The best teams do it, mate. Um, you know, and you don't just suddenly go from struggling in the first, I wouldn't say struggling, having an un- uneven first six games of the season. You can't suddenly. As as well as it looks on paper, and we'll look at last last three results and go, God, they've scored ten goals and 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 only conceded six. You know they've done really well. They're they're looking a lot better. Yes, it is, and that's a lot to do with confidence and the performance um, from the players out there. You can see they've raised their level. They've found a bit of confidence in that. But it's not something like watching Brazil all of a sudden. I know the score lines might reflect that in a sense but it still had its shaky moments in each of these three uh, three games and, and, and all the games where we've won this season they've had their shaky moments it's just psychologically it's different because you feel that in the last three games and I'm including the Europa League one in this mm. that Leicester looked more likely to win they didn't really seem to look against Wolves I mean if Brentford had done to us what Wolves did on the opening game of the season, they wouldn't have had a Dharma Traore missing seven open goals for them, and it would have been a different outcome. I think the psychological perspective of the last three games for Leicester is it's slowly getting better with each game that goes along. We're not going to get back to Leicester winning five and nine nils and four nils just yet, but you know, each signs, and that's what's more promising because you've got to keep this up over longevity. You don't want to, you know, be like a a, a, a dry spell in in, in in a bedroom for a guy. You don't want to pop that load too early, do you? And suddenly it all comes crashing I've down. Heard you don't some, mind. Uh, some comparisons, but that's up there with them, mate. You yeah, know. but you don't. You you want to keep building on this, and if they can get better and they put in another performance, I'm not. I was more worried about Brentford than I am against Arsenal. I will tell you that for free. Yes. Apparently, Jeff's just said that uh, Liverpool are now 4 0 up. So there's there's me there's me uh, there's me three these three points <laughs> gone getting the correct scoreline. But I, I, I'm sorry, and I, I'm going to say Hayden, have a safe journey down to Brighton. Hope you enjoy the game, mate. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining the chat. I I I, I think it's going to be this again. <laughs> I Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Anyway, Ollie, isn't it? We can, we've scored 10 in our last three games. Manchester United have conceded 11. Mm. Mm. No, no, they've oh. conceded 10 themselves, haven't they? No, 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 yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. Talking of, talking of, thing, uh, of goals conceded. Two more to go, Chris. Two more to go and move up into eight. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, no, I mean, as a season, We've scored 15 goals this season, which isn't bad in fairness. It's a good return, but we've conceded 15, and that is still the worry. 
And how long can we go on saying, yeah, we'll concede one, we'll score two. If we concede two, we'll score three. <laughs> that defence is the worry because we know Evans when I mean I'm I've been really impressed that Evans has managed to play three games on the trot like he has. But you know, we know that he probably can't carry on like that. But having said that again, to remember that Vestavard had a good game when he came on. Yeah, I I'm not saying anything. Brookline will know because I've already mentioned it earlier, but I said get up his back, let him finally speak, get into a team. And and the thing is. Is I saw it when they conceded the goal. It seemed like Soyuncu, and I might have just misinterpreted what I seen, but Soyuncu was kind of like, no, come on, come on, don't worry about it. It's a goal. We'll get. And that's just what I mean. Mentality comes. And just like bad form can make it run through the team, when your team's in good spirits, that confidence runs through you. And all of a sudden, a 15 million waste of sack of potatoes has just had a good 15, 20 minutes. And been yeah. vital in playing his part in in watching Leicester see that game over the line. So, yeah, th- thanks, well, thanks for them that thought I was bonkers for defending. <laughs> you know who you are. We, we know you're bonkers. Two words: Macedonia Norwich. We'll be back straight after this <laughs> with the rest of the game. It's the Premier League post match show with Chris, with Chris and, Brad and Brad on Leicester Till I Die TV. Daka should have got another, unselfishly, passed it on to Madison. Yeah, he did, and it was great to see. I mean, like I said, there was no way he was missing that if he just chose to take it on himself. But it just shows how much he, he he's all about the team. You know, sometimes yeah. you see a strike like that, and it's easy for them to be selfish and, 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 and really live up to the hype and ego, which he's going to do. I'm sorry he's going to do. And people can say, I've got blue tinted glasses, and I don't give a monkey's. See, I'm learning, Chris, from, from the warning we've got. Don't go monkeys. That guy's got five goals and one assist in three games, and he's just proving that he's not going to be the flop the Irish guy on YouTube said. He's going to be an absolute star at this club, the way he's going. Because, you know, a lot of people in that situation, maybe even Vardy would have done what Daka did there. Well, I was going you know, to say... I think Vardy would have gone for the goal and probably scored. Oh, in fairness, but yeah, yeah, you know. and and it's it's one of them you don't see enough in football, and it just shows again. It doesn't matter that it's an empty net. Madison's got a goal, and his first mm. goal in eight months, and yeah. that will be wonders for him in a scruffy game when he's been getting the rewards and they're starting to talk him up. You know. If he hadn't scored today, we'd be looking at maybe the Brighton in the Cup game or, or the game at the weekend going, now he needs to get them goals flowing. Well, now he's got one under his belt. He's ready. The team's going well. It's just what they needed. You know, it's Daka put the club before his own personal game because he could have scored it. And I, I, I would have put, I haven't got much, but I've put every penny and pound I have mm-hmm. on him scoring that goal. Had he, had he taken a chance himself. And it just shows the collective unit of this squad. And again, it shows what a difference a, a good result can do to you because 
you know, does does he miss that if he's not scored yet in the Premier League? Maybe, maybe he takes that chance because he's not scored. But because he's in such good form and the club is respectably, he did the right thing. He made one hundred percent that, yes. and it worked. It paid dividends in the end. And I just think now, I mean, I, I actually regretted this possibly when I said it, but and I said this again on Talk Sport this morning. That Man United result could be that line in the sand where we suddenly start to see our season take off, you know. Yeah. It's difficult in Europe, but I honestly believe this is where we, we, we start to sort of play. Now, Brookline, we, we, we did touch on this before in, in previous shows, Dakar or, or Edouard. Um, do you need? Do you need to ask? Exactly, exactly. I mean, I think you know, Ed, it, it, us fans, we we, and I throw myself into this pot as well. You know, fickle is the word that's next to football fan in in the dictionary. You know, uh, Diabate was a, was an amazing player because he got two goals in his first game against Peterborough, but Musa was rubbish, and yet he got two goals in his first game against Barcelona. Edward mm. got a couple of goals in his first game. Calm down, guys. Calm down. It's a long season. You know. Yeah, it's a bit like the Mari Gray at Everton. It's yeah, yes, yes. Are we going to see the, the real Damari Gray, please? Um, here we go. This, this is the uh, these are the stats here because I know you love this, mate. But um, they actually, <laughs> they, you can see, you know, they 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 dominated. But it's the the main stat is obviously the fact that we had the ball in the net. Twice and only had it in the net once, but you know, you, it sums up Brentford. It sums they're almost like the Leicester under Martin O'Neill. Would you say? I can definitely see the comparisons. I know we've made several comparisons, and again, the media have made several comparisons between Brentford and Leicester. Um, all right, the media have maybe likened them to how they do their business in the transfer market, but I would agree. I think there's parts of times gone by that I've seen Leicester play and many of us have seen play where you, it's remembered of Leicester's nitty-gritty premiership days where they're not scared of anybody to come up with and that's the attitude you should have not a Norwich attitude yeah. you should have an attitude like Brentford if you're a team coming up and you should go into a game thinking I don't care if it's Newcastle I don't care if it's Leicester we're going for you we want to win this game we want to prove we belong here and they gave a really great account for themselves. You know, it's it's very rare we see a performance, especially when Leicester win, that we we give praise to the opposition for how they they they, they went about their business. And mm. they're going to win more games than they're going to lose playing like that. I can tell you that much because they they do remind us of of Leicester under O'Neill. They probably for the way they went about it and how many chances they create, they remind me of that period. Uh, when Leicester pulled off the great escape, you know mm. when when what you know when we lost to Arsenal two one, and again yeah. another striker, certain Kramaric, um, scored on that day. And Arsenal players were coming out saying that we don't know how they're bottom and they're surely not going to finish there because of how they're going yeah. about it. They they were relentless, and that's what yeah. I saw in Brentford. So yeah, again two different eras, but very similar to Leicester in some parts of how they go about their thing, and they will comfortably survive this season. I'd be very surprised to see Brentford go down unless their owner suddenly becomes a Watford brain and starts sacking people left, right and centre. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm just trying to find it and I can't find it, but I'm, I have a feeling Ivan Tony. he's not been prolific, has he? 
No, no, he has not. Um, but that, 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 are you fingering me there, sir? <laughs> no, I got the I got the blue notifications um, <laughs> pop up. So I won't finish you while I was swiping away there. Otherwise, I'll start a hell of a controversy. Um, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I I think he's that striker that you saw by his headed chance and and maybe his his goal that was ruled out rightly for offside. He's not somebody who's going to do a Vardy or a Daka. And he's also not someone that's going to do an Ineacho. He's not necessarily going to come back halfway into your half and, and get the ball and, and lay it off to a Vardy to run onto. He's not going to sprint for 30 yards and beat and, and beat the defender for pace. He's going to make a nuisance of, a nuisance of himself once you're getting back in your defending areas, trying to defend the box. And he's going to, he's going to pick his gaps wisely. And the score his goals that way. Callum Wilson-esque, sort of, if you want to compare him to a striker at Newcastle, in, in the sense that he might get, he'll probably get you 10 to 12 goals a season, but he's not mm. going to do it at a rate where he, he, he might go four or five games where he doesn't score, then he'll get a goal sort of thing. Um, he's got he's got two this season. The top scorer's got five. So, you know, but yeah. I, I was expecting more of him. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. But, um Let's have let's have a look at this because this is looking a lot a lot easier on the eye now, isn't it? You know, up to ninth yeah. unless Liverpool carry on. Please, please do. Um, we're up to ninth at the moment. Uh, this is probably changing, like I say, as we speak with the Man United Liverpool. But this is at the end of our game. Uh, up to ninth over um, over Arsenal, um, which is pleased to see. I think it's psychologically good coming up against them next week. Uh, but we're getting a few greens on the uh, on on the thing as well with a, with a few wins. But fourteenth, um, you know, fourteen points. We're only one point off sixth place. Yeah, and we're only we're only uh, three points off off top four. And again, I I know that's a stretch right yeah. now. Left, let, let you know, teams like West Ham notably are in good form, and they're not. You know, you're you're always needing to play catch up when you've had to start at Leicester Ham, but it just shows how tight this league is. And in fairness, with a lot of Leicester fans maybe thinking that we throw caution to the wind in in sense of we'd have one eye on really wanting to now push on after our FA Cup win to now push on and get a European trophy on, uh, added to our our, our glamorous um, cabinet. The Leicester are probably in and around the area they want to be for the entirety of this season, a point or so separating mm. you from from not making any European football to being well within European football. If, if Leicester can continue that, and hopefully they do, um, yeah. not just the, not just at the weekend, but first and foremost in the Carabao Cup, um, I, I I think it's something that Leicester will be looking to. Unlike some teams nearer the end of the season, I think Leicester are a team that are going to kind of do what Chelsea did after they got mm. rid of Lampard in a weird sort of way. They'll get in there, and when they get in there, you're going to find it very difficult to remove them from that area. And I think that's yeah. what Leicester will look to do over the and next I think five it, it, It's, it's going to be nice for Leicester that we're not the one looking over our shoulder. Yeah, or who, 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 you know, or we've lost one, or they've caught up with us, or you know, which we have done yeah. for the last couple of seasons, and obviously struggled with that. And we're the ones that are saying, "Don't feel we're behind you here. We're just waiting for you know you to go in for your pit stop, and we'll uh, 
we'll, we'll, we'll overtake you. But a question for you here, Brad, and I want you to respond to this. Um, the game settled when Ayozi came in and on, uh, plays defence and moves the ball quickly. Surprise substitution, uh, Madison, especially as he just scored. But what did you think when Perez came on? And did he, did he change the game? I think he's very much like for like now. Um, I'm happy to say Perez has found his role at Leicester. It's not a right winger. It's not a striker. It's see the bloody game out and sit back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be playing a forward role. He's never going to be, for me, he's never ever, unless he suddenly hits fire with form, is ever going to be considered a player that I think is worth the money we paid for him. But as a squad player, he's doing a job. Well done, Mr. Perez. You did what was asked of you. But the mm. second time, you know, only another 57 more performances and I'll give you more credit, mate. But well done. <laughs> you did so well. I was actually did a show. I did a show last night um, with a Newcastle fan. Or Friday night, sorry. Sorry, losing my days. Friday night with a Newcastle fan talking about the takeover, you know, the links with Brendan, etc., and obviously half the team. And I did say to him, I said, you know, you've you've got so much money now, you know, will you not sort of be kind and take Perez back off our hands? You know, we're not going to ask for much. And unfortunately, he wouldn't. But I just want to say, guys, I did do my best. <laughs> but they don't want him back, unfortunately. But like you say, Perez. Yeah. It is that role that he plays with um, the same as Madison. It is going to be either or, I think. And like you say, as part of the squad, I think that's sort of where where he fits in. Um, we're going to have a look in a se- in a second at um, some of the match stats and some of the players and how they did. And we will do that straight after a word from our friend. Or should I say, just say, like the game. Hi, 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 Chris. This is Neil Razor and Radek here. No, no, you're huge. A Leicester City fan. You run the website, Facebook, the Twitter site, Leicester Till I Die. That's what you are, Chris. A Leicester Till I Die. I'm Leicester Till I Die. Anyway, Chris, well done for doing all, all the hard work for Leicester City. All the best, son. Neil Razor and Radek. Hi, Chrissy. Hi, hi. He drinks plenty of water. He just has plenty of whiskey in it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It never fails to make me laugh. Never fails to make me laugh. Um, We'll have a look at the individual players in a second and we'll go through and see about the ratings and what have you. But um, I know you you, you have already seen this. Uh, Alan, he's gone for a Marty as man of his match. And he's given the manager seven and the team seven. And looking at that, possibly given the manager, like you say, seven, eight, it's a point here or there. I don't think he's far off this week. No, in fact, I think he's pretty much got it spot on. I mean, if you really want to boost it up, you could say it's eight. Like you said, but it's a point neither here or there. And and this this is nice to see a Marty get it for reasons he's really deserving. Normally, you know, maybe last year, uh, especially if, if, if we were thinking, talking about an Amati or a Mendy, 
um, to add to another one, we'd be talking about how surprised we were. And that's why we've given him a match, because it was surprising to see him have a good performance. You know, maybe yeah. we talked about it in the Community Shield, didn't we? It was surprising to a lot yeah. of fans of how well he did. And he's been consistent. And again, he's been a part of that solid back three for the last three games. And he's really warranted that, because that was a performance that was needed throughout the back line. And he's very deserving of man of the match. Um, for it, because in a game where Leicester were under the collar for, for the majority of it, they needed at least 75% of their back three to step up and do a job. And 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 to be fair, I think to a degree, all three of them did a very good job. And, and Marty deserved that because someone who's been in, out for eight games, doesn't play for 17 games, gets on because of a suspension, gets on because of an injury, doesn't play again. He must be feeling really good in himself knowing that I keep performing, I keep getting these praises, I'm going to keep my team in his place. And it's just great to see. Mm, it is, it is. Um, shall we uh, have a look at the sort of individual players? Do you want to do that quickly? Yes, yes, because I'm baffled by the BBC voters. I think some of our fans are a bit drunk. Um, <laughs> from what I've seen a bit. I've seen um, Vardy at the seven and, and that and ahead of Amati and that I'll get on to that in this because I'm not sure how that works out. But uh, well, where are we just, starting Let's Chris? just put these players in then. So um we had look we had uh, Castagna played. Um let's just have a look here. Um, who, who should we start with? Uh, sh do you want to do it in order of, of how they come out? So, Casper first. Yeah, we can do, do Casper first. So, where, where are we going with with, with Casper? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give him a seven. He yeah. played his part in the goal. Um, he actually got a kick right, so I should probably give him a ten. But I'm not. <laughs> um, there wasn't anything he could really do about the first goal. That that should be cleared by the defence. And he didn't really, after that Ivan header, have much to do. I think he had a good game. So I'm going to give him a seven. Yeah, I think you, 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 you're right on that one. Um, let's just go down the list here. Oh, there are some strange scores on the BBC, aren't there? You know. Yeah. Um, Castagna? Seven, I think. Um he had very solid game. Um, I know we're going to get on to him in a minute. I think both wing-backs had a very solid game because they had a different role to play in in, in that in big parts of that game. It was very more defensive-minded and not as forward-front as they'd like to be and where we probably see them excel at the better. I think Castagne is warranted of a seven. I think Castagne did have a very good game. Yeah. Amati, we put him there. What we're going to go for with Amati? He's getting a nine. He's yeah. getting a nine. He's getting a nine because there's only one player I'm probably going to put up there with him or ahead of him um, yeah. when it comes to it. No, I think he's deserved. And, and you know, we, we've, like you say, we're quick to criticise certain players and Amart is one of them. But yes. he deserves the praise when he gets it. And I think he deserves it today. The last few games, he has been immense. And I think... The way you got to judge a player is how would we have been without him? You know, no, so we wouldn't have had him yeah. <laughs> we, We'd have been crapping ourselves with Vestergaard. But then again, yeah. Vestergaard showed that maybe he wouldn't have had a bad game either. We don't know. So it's yeah. just, it was great to see. It was great to see. 
Jeff, get in there, mate. He's he's catching up with Razor. He says <laughs> one, of, one more triples will do it. Then do do a recording for us, Jeff. Do a Razor for us. And <laughs> oh my God, Jeff, what is going on to Man United? Five nil to Liverpool. We are going up the table if this continues. Ollie, uh, your you boys are taking a hell of a battering. <laughs> You know, you know what? You know what? To quote Rio Ferdinand, whatever we're paying Tillman's, Man United pay pay Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. Get him signed up. Give him a lifetime contract. It's Ollie at the top. It's Ollie at the wheel. He's the best Manchester United manager since Alex Ferguson. Happy days. It can't happen to a nicer club. <laughs> we all think the same though outside Man United, don't we? We all think the same. Um I'm just I'm just looking there, Pierre. Piera, let's go for Piera next. Well, how would you give Piera? Same as Castagne, he got a seven. Yeah. He had to do a lot yeah. more defensive work because of yeah. how Brighton played, and he did it well. You know, normally we probably Brighton. Brentford is what I meant. So don't don't swear no at me. We, no wonder we struggled. We were playing two teams. I know, no right? Two one. We're really good. I know. No wonder we didn't but, get to the know. ball first. You know what I mean? <laughs> we still won. Hey. Yeah, well, that's what matters. Yeah, we beat twenty two men. It's fine. Uh, no, he had a good game. You know, sometimes you might be criticised that if he gets too far forward, he gets caught out on that side. But I think he did his job well, and he realised what his job was, and I think yeah. he put in a solid performance. I think and, uh, this, is a, this is a game, I think, that could have caught some players out. And, you know, I think... Yeah, and may I just say about Froughton and Albion, Smugboat entered when Man City won 4-1. Told you they were crap and they were just getting lucky. I, anyway. I, I can say, I've, I've, I'm not buying on to the Graham Potter um, bandwagon at all. Come, come, come back no. in a season or two when you've done something. Um, yeah. Johnny Evans. Oof. I'm torn between two. I'm gonna give him. Ooh, oh, wow. I'm, I'm gonna give him an eight. Nah, see what you did there. But I'm happy to have him in a nine if if people disagree with me. And the reason I say that is without his leadership, and we've said it time and time again to to as Leicester fans, we've said it time and time again how critical, how much. Of, of of he's the biggest cog in that defensive unit for Leicester. He is critical to that defense doing its job. And the only reason I'm only putting him at eight is I don't want to take the gleam off mm. Daniel Amartis' performance because he was just as good as a Johnny Evans in that back line. And that's why I'm going to yeah. people say nine, totally agree with it. But for me, you cannot have a sturdy Leicester defense without that man in it. I would. I agree wholeheartedly with you. Ronaldo oh, doing it there. Ronaldo. Yeah, cool. get getting something in at the last minute. Oh, that's what that was my favourite. No, we want seven. We want seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, no, it was offside. Jeff, no, I want to say. Pre pre <laughs> Jeff, you're so premature. Premature relation there. Calm yeah. it down. Calm it down. It must, you, it must have been weighted by being in Evans's back pocket from last week, bless yeah. it. still can't get out of it. Use that cream I sent you. Uh, okay. Um, Samori, I'm, I'm not sure about his game here, to be honest with you. Um, oh, we've skipped silent, shall we? Sorry, we've skipped. We skipped silence. I thought we was doing the back line, but it's all right. I'll, I'll do this one. No, 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 no. Let me find the Prince of Darkness. Um, 
Well, Gusayunchu, sorry. I'm I'm gonna kind of put a defence on Sayunchu. I think it's easier to twist it when he's not been in the greatest form and his errors have led to goals uh, over the first six or so weeks of the season. And I'm going to give him a seven because yes, why it wasn't a pretty performance. It's a it was another performance to me that showed. He's slowly getting that confidence back. I mean, he had it batted out of him at the Euros. He had it batted out of him at the start of the season. He's not always been the, the front two man. And I think the media are sticking the knife in a little bit. And they've, they've probably got a bit desperate today because Leicester only conceded one and he wasn't at fault for it. Um, I think he actually had a decent game. In compared to Soyuncu's over the last few weeks, that was definitely a promising performance. That's why I'm going to give him a seven. Yes. Yeah, um, Samari. I'm I'm gonna give Samari a six, and I'm probably gonna get shouted at here because there'll probably be a few people that are gonna say no. Soyuncu is a six, Samari is a seven. He didn't he didn't really have a bad game, but credit again to Brentford, he struggled in midfield uh, along with the entirety of the midfield in the mm. first half. But once that second half started and they got settled into it more, he did grow, grow into the game and, and have a better performance. Um, OK, let's have a look. Um, I need new glasses. This is what it is with this thing. Mr. Madison. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna give Madison an eight. I'm going to give mm. Madison an eight. Um, because for a guy who was double-marked, and for a guy who they clattered around the pitch and hadn't been getting in a starting lineup until he was given the opportunity again against United, he's come on leaps and bounds. And like I agree with you, Chris, he seems back to himself. Even when we were struggling to contain the ball in midfield, every time Madison got it, he slowed Brentford down or he won a decision for Leicester or he got the ball out of the dangerous areas. So, yeah, well played, Madison. Had a great game. Yeah. Um, Inacho? I'm going to give Nacho a six. Mm. Again, it wasn't his brilliant game. I'm not saying he didn't do too much wrong. I still think he made the runs and did the runs well, but he, he didn't have a moment that, that, that you could talk about, really, to kind of give it past the six for me. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy? Five. He came off yeah. injured. He, yeah. he came off injured. I'm not being harsh. You can't give any more than a five if you get taken off at half time. There's a reason you get taken off. You either have a bad game or you're injured. So it's pure Indeed. and simple. Indeed. And, you know, he was having a bad game. He had very few touches, but we know that can happen with him. But, you know, maybe if he was carrying an injury, uh, that, that would explain it. Um, uh, Daka, his, his replacement. I'm going to give a substitute uh, uh, for say Evan. And again, I'll give it, I'll give it the same thing as I do Evan. If people say he's an eight, I, I'm totally fine with it. I'm going to give him a seven because he did exactly what he says on the tin. I'll, you leave me on the shoulder. I'll do the running work. And he did it. I'm going to give him a seven. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think he did really well. I think he had a great game and he's just, Loving life at the moment, and we're enjoying it with him. Yeah. Um, 
Vardy got 7.23 on the BBC. Yeah, that was madness for me. Like, I think that's a lot of love for Vardy. I understand it. World-class player. I said I'll fight a man who said he's not a world-class Premier League striker. But he came off at half-time and didn't really do much in that first half. And had he stayed fit, he might have got he might have bagged in two goals and we talked about a nine. But he didn't. He came off. He gets a five. Yeah. yeah. Um, two to go. Perez? He get, you know what? He, he gets a six for me. Yeah. Um, he did what he needed to do. Didn't do anything glamorous, which is why mm. the likes of him and Samori are here, but he did what he needed to do. He definitely didn't have a bad game. He just didn't have a lot of time really to do anything. Yeah. Uh, and finally, um, your best friend, Vestergaard. Yeah, um, you know what? For the stick, I'm going to give him a seven. I think he came <laughs> on and everybody... No, because everybody, and I think you may have even put it out of the post, Chris, Everybody, and I think Terry commented the same. I got people mixed up in the comments. I'm sure I saw one that said, when he came on, they held their breath. They mm. took a sigh. They went, oh, no, don't put him on. Even the commentators I were listening to were like, well, surely he's not going to put Vestergaard on and take Evans off. Thankfully, he didn't um, in, in that sense, because I think Evans, has, the reason he is where he is, is so vital. But he came on, he showed us up, he made some great interceptions, he kept the result as it was. He deserves his seven. He had a very good impact game for us. Yes, yes. There we go, then. That's your team um, marks there. So, uh, as I say, the, the big thing, of course, is the uh, is the 2-1 the two scoreline. But um, thanks for that. And I, think, I, you know, I, I think as we look at that, I think, you know, and I say even, you know, in fairness to Jamie, he was injured. It was as simple as yeah. that. If you haven't come know. off at half time, there's no way Jamie Vardy puts in a five out of ten performance, is there? So it's, it's no. literally just I can't give I, I wouldn't give anyone else higher in that squad if they came off at half time. So why would I be yeah. object, objectively different just because it's Vardy? I'm not gonna be, I'm afraid. No. Unless he's no. got a hat trick, I'm not <laughs> before he come off injured, I'm not gonna give someone anything higher than a five for coming off at half time. No. Uh, it just gets better, better and better. Pogba's been sent off. <laughs> oh. He's off to Juventus. He's off to Juventus. Do you think, do you think that, I did actually say the other day that Man United fans are turning into Arsenal fans at the moment. But uh, Warren, good evening, sir, from down under. Good day. Um, it's early down there. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on. A much-needed result to keep us in touch. Go, you mighty foxes. Yes, indeed. Indeed, I can't argue with that. Um, and I can't argue with this either. Because uh, coming up straight after this, we are going to have uh, the man with the board. Yes, right. Here we go. Yes, it's Brad's tactical appraisal. Uh, he's going to look at the. Um, well, we haven't quite got the sky graphics, but we got we got the board. Um, a man with board. Uh, last time he was called that, Brad. He was outside with an A board walking around. So uh, oh. I will pass you over to our version of. Well, I'm not sure if he's Gary Neville or or uh, Jamie Carragher. You take you, you make the choice. But I'm over Roy Keane. 
Thanks for that. That was a great show. Now, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Roy Keane <laughs> without the language. You removed me and I removed you instead. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all right, mate. No worries. Yeah, so where did Leicester win the game today, apart from the obvious, if someone says they scored more goals than Brentford? But where they won the game today is the difference between this performance and performances it, it gone by, i.e. Manchester United, and, and against... Um, the team we played in Europe, I've forgotten their name all of a sudden, is Leicester probably used to seeing over the last two games that Leicester played a system, and that's just the manager. Don't mind him. He, he's going off for a point. Is Leicester played a, a, the same formation that they've played with a five at the back, which went into a four in midfield on an attack. But what we were used to in the last two games is when it came to the attacking notion, is a, midf- is, is a defender would step out and the wing-backs would help get forward. And that would allow the support for your Tillemans and Madison to interact with the strikers. Sort of like that, you know, last man, whether it's Vardy or Daka playing on the last man, Nacho could get involved in, in packing the midfield and Madison was free to allow the wing-backs. Now, the thing is today, and I'm going to try and do this without... Imagine we haven't got the midfielders and the strikers here to, to this part. What we saw today from Brentford was to a man, a press. The press Leicester, as Chris noted earlier, very frustrating to see Leicester trying to play the ticky-tacky out-the-back football because Brentford were pressing to a man. And what they also did is they then put two men in the gaps, which meant that, unfortunately for Leicester, and it, it showed a lot in the first half, that instead of being in a more advanced midfield position, which is where they were, and just allowing Samore uh, to deal with it, because they were also holding the line, and an interesting thing was, is their attacking play was very wide spread when they were pressing, which meant that the likes of Tillemans and Madison had to go even deeper into the half, um, which also meant that Iniacho and Vardy or Daka had to also bring themselves into more into our own half. And what that did is that, that unfortunately, is why it was great, because what it did is it neutralised you know, the lines that if Leicester could get the ball into them areas, that they would get free because obviously then you'd be in a foot race down the wings. You'd, you'd be able to use Nacho was then more seen as the guy to run into the space when available to help Leicester break out and, 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 and get in behind the pressing lines, get into these areas and, and catch Brentford out. And that didn't work. That worked to a degree in stopping the relentless Brentford get in, but it also caused us the problems. This is why Brentford came in at half time having nine chances to our two. But what mattered at that point for Leicester and what was really ideal in the way Leicester so took the pressure through that system and playing the defensive wing back was it allowed Leicester to have more conserved energy, it allowed them to have men behind the ball. So that every time that Brentford did get the ball in and behind, as we saw a lot, and one stat that I did like from today's game, which shows Leicester's ability to switch it up and read the game well, is they knew that when Brentford were going to get the ball, they was going to try and get in behind. They was going to try and get in there. They was going to try and play ball through the middle. And they was going to attack. And what that, le- what that allowed Leicester to note and do, and they did it very well, is and especially you saw it in the second half, is they they caught Brentford on a higher line in the second half. It's almost as if they absorbed the life out of Brentford, took the pace out of their midfield 
uh, and constant attacking. Because at some points, let's be honest, Brentford had four or five men in attack. And what that higher line did, and what that did to a midfield that became more of a solid three, is it also then freed Leicester up to play their wing-backs in the role they're more preferred, sitting more in front. So when them balls were launched up to the target man, Ivan Tony, or they were played out wide to Rico, it was way too late. Leicester had already made the moves, and regardless of where they played the, that ball in, Leicester were having a little linesman going, you're offside. And that's where Leicester changed it up in the second half. You know, people might have been disappointed and annoyed and frustrated for how many chances Brentford were coming to have, in the, especially in that first half. But as you've seen by the stats of the game, and I know people say, Brad, I'm with you though, but stats don't always tell the story. They kind of do in that sense, because in the second half, Leicester were able to reshape, get back into that knowing shape, and they were able to pick Brentford off, who were still committing to a man. They were still committing to a man and, and trying to fill the gaps, but they were doing it at a higher line up the pitch. And what that then allowed is Leicester were able to receive the ball, and even if Tillemans was closer um, to Samore and Madison was more further forward, it allowed Leicester to pick the ball up and start their attack already on the front foot. And that's where they inevitably got the goal. Because Brentford were caught out pressing the high line. And what did that allow? That allowed Yuri Tillemans with defence, holding a deep line, but leaving gaps because they were down on numbers, Brentford. Because again, like I said, they committed six to seven men in the in, in this attacking orders, which allowed Madison and Yuri to link up, to play the ball into Dakar. And at that point, because he'd been able to peel off from his man, Madison was there, ball was played across, and Leicester won the game with an easy, simple goal. And if Leicester continues to do that against these oppositions, and, and it shows that their tactical understanding and, and the work they do off, the, not just off the pitch, but the stuff the coaching staff do, is it's, in, it's imperative that Leicester fans are a bit patient and don't get on the backs if they see it in home games. Because it showed with that performance as a whole that Leicester were very well drilled, very well prepared and very much committed to absorbing what Brentford had to offer. Because we've seen Brentford, they scored three past Liverpool, they should have scored three or four past Chelsea, um, they beat Arsenal very convincingly. Let's just get this back to how we actually lined up. And and Leicester knew what they were coming in for. And while the first first five minutes felt like we were robbing a bank free of charge and weren't getting chased by the police coming in 1-0, um, what it did create was the goal. It created that because if you press, if you're told as a midfielder you've got to run, you got to go back, you got to run, you got to go back, you got to run, you got to go back, you got to run, you got to go back, you got to run, you got to go back. Eventually, come the 60th, 70th minute, you're going to be on your ass and you're getting caught out. And they got caught out in these areas. These are the areas where Leicester caught them out. And maybe to a point in here, in their shape. But these two areas on their presses where Leicester caught them out vitally. Now, chances before the goal, but it cleverly played its part in the goal. Because all of a sudden, like we saw on Wednesday night, all of a sudden, Dakar was and ended up being one simple pass away from being through on goal. And that's exactly what it does. And at much praise as we give to Dakar, his selfishness, his unselfishness, sorry, is what provided the simplest goal Leicester are going to score all game. And that, Chris, and to anyone that's still watching, is exactly why I think Leicester might see him as fortunate. 
with their performance, but they actually weren't that fortunate. It was very smart, tactical awareness from Brendan and the staff to prep them guys to play a 90 minutes of football like that. And that's why Leicester won the game today. There we go. Expert, expert opinion. Like I said, I don't know if it's James Roy or whoever it is. Um, who's the guy that was on Sky Sports? Oh, Paul Merson. I think it's more, more Paul Merson. Anyway, Brad's off to, to have a quick rub. Um, of, of, to to clean, his, <laughs> clean his board. I should have had to clean his board. Um, Terry says, I get dizzy watching Brad's bed. But very good insight. And uh, Jeff says, enjoy Brad's tactical analysis. Hopefully, by the end of the season, I will understand more. Uh, it is good. It is a great insight. And um, it shows he knows what he's talking about. Um, that, I think, is where we go. A quick look at the weekend scores. Um, I was about to say, although it wasn't a surprise, it probably was the biggest scoreline of the weekend, Chelsea 7, Norwich 0. I think that just kind of sums up, because it was top against bottom, it does kind of sum up where Norwich are uh, and what the big gap, the, the gap between the bottom and the top, which we've always said was getting tighter unless Norwich come up. You know, Norwich... Just don't bother next time. If you go back down, stay down, please. Because you, you, you know. I mean, I like these smaller clubs coming up, like the Brentford doing well, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you're just wasting a space. You really are. Uh, Newcastle managed to get a point post Steve Bruce. Watford. I mean, I don't think that necessarily tells all the story, but Ranieri there, Watford 5-2 over Everton. Um, you score five, we'll score five. Well done to Ranieri and Watford. Uh, I still don't think you'll be there at the end of the season, mate. Uh, Leeds buggered up my prediction, getting a point. Burnley, just honestly, Burnley players never have a dog because you can't hold on to a lead. Man City doing what we know Man City can do. Arsenal, of course, on the Friday beat... Um, Villa 3-1. Apparently Villa were awful. I didn't watch the game, but um, obviously we've got Arsenal up next. And West Ham today beating Tottenham 1-0. Um, thanks to Brad. Thank you very much, young man. Um, no worries, mate. My, my phone got out there, so I didn't hear what Terry said. I, don't, I didn't hear that point that was made. You didn't hear what Terry I let me. I can, I can certainly bring it back up for you, he says, hopefully. Um, here we go. He said he gets dizzy watching your pen, but very good in <laughs> insight. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, B. Crom says, teach on Brad. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he he's actually got a school uniform on at the bottom half. We won't go there, though, you know. <laughs> Brad, if you can stay behind post-show, uh, because I just want to ask you a quick question. But you've as good as ever. Thank you so much for that. Three points in the bag. Your board is amazing, sir. And uh, hopefully see you a bit during the week. Yeah, hopefully, mate. It'll be good to see. And uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. And as always, I've enjoyed it, mate. I've enjoyed it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Speak to you in a second. Take care, mate. No worries. Take care. Yeah. Oops. There we go. That's it. Three out of three. Three on the bounce. <laughs> Can we make it four? We've got Brighton midweek. Um, but this is what we've got coming up next.
We're going to be back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock with Ivan, who's a Brentford fan. He'll be coming on to have a look back at the match with us. Um, I know he's a bit he's a bit upset that they didn't get uh, anything from today's game. Uh, that is the reality, unfortunately, of the Premier League. Uh, we're going to be back a lot during the week. We've got so much going on, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, I've got more <laughs> more shows <laughs> that I know what to do with. But um, and don't forget, Tuesday, you can tune in again to the BBC her Leicester City website homepage, and you'll see my thoughts on the past week in the life of Leicester City. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining in. Thanks to Brad, as always. Great insights there. We'll see you tomorrow at 7. Don't forget, if you want to catch up on this, get over to YouTube. You can watch it on Catch Up. We don't have a plus one. Well, maybe around my waist, but we don't have a plus one channel, YouTube, and give us a subscribe. We would be forever grateful for that. And if you want to listen to us, over 10,000, it's crazy, crazy, man, over 10,000 listens on our podcast. This will be up live on the podcast in about uh, 10, 15 minutes. Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and uh, podcast addict or if you want of course smart speaker just ask you to play podcast lester till i die how the devil have you all been i hope you've had a good um good day if you've enjoyed the show we will see you tomorrow night at seven o'clock stay safe guys hello matt elliott here be sure to watch lester till i die tv on youtube and follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news on leicester city football club Till I die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. Sports Social Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. 
That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.